Following Christ in 2021 is not for the faint of heart. Striving to be a kingdom man isn't about packing up and taking a vacation. It's about getting your mind right, your gear packed, and heading into war. It's more important now than ever before to stand up for what's right and just in the eyes of the Lord and seek His truth. This ain't a cruise ship, fellas. It's a battleship. So buckle up and get ready for the truth, the uncomfortable truth. Welcome to the show. We're so glad to have you today. On Monday, we left off part one with Curtis Grimes, and we're going to go ahead and just jump right back into it. So here's part two with Curtis Grimes. Here we go. It was the first time I'd prayed before co-writing. I'm in there, I'm like, hey, man, uh, is it cool if we pray before? Now, that's not what normal for an official Nashville appointment, co-writing a big office cubicle thing. And he's like, is it a boy from Arkansas? He's like, yeah, absolutely, man. That's totally cool. So we did that, and then we wrote that song. Um, but it says, uh, some folks are born to be shepherds. Some folks are born to be king. Some folks are born to be carpenters. Some are born to catch fish on a string. And we were all, those are all occupational things that have subtle mm-hmm. relationship mm-hmm. to Jesus, right? Um, we all get the chance to, uh, to do wonderful things with our lives, all because of what one man did for you and I. And then, uh, of course, he could have fought back the soldiers that beat him. He could have left that cross in the street. He could have held back the arms that drove those nails in the palms of his hands and his feet. He could have walked right off that hill without blinking an eye, but he was born to die. And uh, we get to that tag part, and Lance is like, and it was his it was his, his hook, his tag. He's like, is that too strong? I was like, no, man, that's perfect. That's perfect. Oh, wow. that, Getting chills listening to those lyrics, man. Yeah. <laughs> you so, didn't even have to sing them, just the words, bro. <laughs> so you so you and you and a co-writer wrote that song? Right. Yeah, so we got, we kind of got, this dude's, he he was one of the writers on that, uh, the Kelsey Ballerini song, If You're Gonna Love Me, Love Me, Love Yeah, me. okay, yeah. This, uh, this dude's a pretty solid writer. We got um, a chance to meet some writers uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, uh, that's, what, that's what I was thinking. Neil Thrasher and, God, those guys can sing as good as they can write. Kelly Lovelace. Kelly Lovelace, yeah, but anyway. Uh, and it's rab- always rab- better rab- to hear the original version. Oh, we were talking about that. Way. To hear the, the songwriter's version straight <laughs> from the source. With it just kind of shows the more emotion because once you get yeah. in the album to produce, you're thinking about radio singles, but the writers always have a different feel to it. You can, then you get well, to hear and, the backstory. And they got a story like yours just now, and which is super interesting. And uh, we were we were just kind of in awe, you know, with the the backstories, um, which to me was cooler than the songs, you know. Yeah. Really, um, that's that's too cool. So, what year was it? Where when that happened? That was you said twenty sixteen. So two, two, twenty sixteen is when I put out the. I get these years. I have to look at the thing. Somewhere somewhere around there, twenty sixteen is when we when we did that. Um, so you went you 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 went to twenty sixteen. You know you graduated in two thousand four. So you're thirty five. Yep. So um, you know five years ago you went up to thirty uh, on the on the glorify Curtis train and in about 30 you jumped off and got on the glorify Jesus train for sure and, and you've been and you've been on the glorifying Jesus train ever since um and it kind of started right there when 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 everything when that song was written and um and and so since then um you know I saw I saw just the other day 
where you, your uh, song is it Friends? Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, fr- Friends was like number two on the Spotify charts. Um, you know, I mean, you you're you're still killing it, man. You know, and 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 you're on the and you're on the glorified Jesus train, and and so, gosh, it makes it even cooler. But <laughs> uh, you know, as far as being on that um, that 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 new train, so to speak, you know, um, how, how have you, uh, just seen God work through that? You know, once you, once you decided to take that step and surrender it to him. Well, at first I thought I'd get some backlash and and would lose relevancy. And I did a lot of ways. Like you won't see us on major festivals. Like we're definitely not in the cool kids club of Texas country and, and impressing like, the conglomerate, like so, you, like the guys you talked, Randy <laughs> Rogers, Wade Bowen, you know, right? Yeah, those, so I'm not, guys. but we get to do enough. So, so our main goal is stay relevant, stay relevant, so we can have a foot in the door and get the microphone on stage to to point people to Jesus in some dark places. So, um, we have been able to do that, and yes, there, there's been some success come along with that. Well, you said the cool kids. I mean, I was looking at that same chart, and the cool kids were behind you. Uh, they, they were, they were, they were, you know, toward the middle bottom of the chart and, and the cooler kid, you know, is at the top of the chart. So anyway, sorry to interrupt you. We there. just, we just try to stay relevant. <laughs> stay relevant. We can do our deal. Um, but I didn't, I didn't have much. There's enough program directors and DJs that, that were willing to put born to die went to number one. So there were enough that are willing to play like that kind of song. So none of the other ones that are less straight in your face gospel have had any any kind of pushback at all and there's some venues that won't rebook us we get it we get to and like it's the most graceful presentation of truth that you can do like our our, it's pretty limited to like hey we're thankful you're here we um we just want to remind you that god loves you jesus loves you and he died on the cross for us and like like that's that's kind of the main highlight of the, the, as gospelly as we get, and up until then, it's just testimonial, right? Like, man, right. I was the first half of my career was this, and I had a lot of conviction for, it, and I'm thankful for that conviction. And like, it's crazy to me how God sees through all our crap and loves us anyways. Right. So, like, our message is that because you like we're not stupid. We know where we're at. We know who's there, and I was there. How would if I was the, in that in, in my life ten years ago at a at an Aaron Watson concert? How would I feel about someone trying to to give me a nudge to get me to stop doing stupid crap and and get back with Jesus? Because you you have people that are going to be at church the next morning hungover. Mm-hmm. You have people that don't care what you're saying, but they're they're willing to yeah they're they're be- believing something. Then you have people that just don't want to hear it. Right. People that don't want to hear it, we kick into a worship. The last four songs of our set are just like reckless love, graves in the gardens. See a victory, really? Uh, raise a hallelujah! Oh yeah, that's what y'all are singing Bars, right talking now. Talks right now, we sing. We that sing is thinking awesome. That is yeah, cool. Raise a hallelujah, see a victory, and end with born to die. So sometimes there were three shows in a row where the majority of the people left when we kick into that. All three of those shows, there was a fight that broke out in the area where those people flee to. Okay. No so we always talk about spiritual warfare that we get to see. Yeah. Like it's this is real stuff, man. You see the paradigm of the room change. You see a shift. There'll be people that were just getting tanked for seventy five minutes. You kick into that. Now some of those will kick into full blown worship. Some will just stop and listen and soak it up. And then, like you said, there are some that just flee. So we always 
Say, there's one line, one line that song is like, I watch the darkness flee. Right, well, there's the darkness flee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but a, pas- a pastor pointed that out to me. We're telling him, man, it's crazy. Like the bar, the whole scenario, scenario in the bar, the whole feeling of the room shifts. And he's like, you know why that is, right? And I'm like, because uh, we're singing about Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes, but you know why that is. Because the darkness has to submit to the light. Like when Jesus rolled up on the dude that had the demon in him, like he just fell to his fell to the ground and, and said, you know, what Jesus, what do you want with us? Like, don't hurt us. <laughs> you Absolutely. know, like like they have to submit. And yeah. we don't the spiritual realm is kind of you can be reading your Bible and read about it and you're like, that's cool. But you don't realize like it is right here, right now, present. And these bars take on a different feeling. In the daytime when you're loading in and it's the lights are on, it feels completely different than at nighttime when it's dark and the lights are going and you just you're in that party, whatever, yeah. whatever vibey thing. And people don't realize like there's spiritual stuff going on, man. And and that's anywhere, not just Well bars. you don't think about yeah, you don't think about that. You just that's not what you think about when you're thinking about going to a, a country music concert at the bar. Not you're at not, all. You're not thinking about the spiritual aspect of it. Um, but uh, they, they're wow. probably, you know, I, I would imagine, and correct me if I'm wrong, that most of the people, most of the guys and girls that that go to bars and go to these concerts, based on just our area, they're the areas that you're touring. A lot of those people probably grew up in church, For right? Sure. I would say ninety percent of and them, and so they know about jesus they know about the word they know about the gospel and then it's like when you go into those songs it's like full-blown conviction yeah without a doubt i mean that's got to be some serious conviction (laughs) at that moment you know because Mm. they're thinking he's singing about jesus and i got a beer in my hand you know yeah and uh but at the same time i love country music yeah i mean i really do and i love graves into gardens and i love I'm going to see a victory. And, I mean, I love all those songs, too. And so, I mean, I would be like, this is the best concert I've ever been to. <laughs> there, are a lot of, there are a lot of that. There's a, there's a lot of that that goes on. Uh, there are a lot of people just full-blown hands up, worshiping, singing along with us. Yeah. Um, at least once every show, somebody comes up to us, whether it be, hey, man, that's awesome y'all did that, or, hey, it's cool that you profess your faith, or and we just that's more important than the music. Just keep Pointing them up, you know. Yeah, thank you, thank you, appreciate you here. That's more important than all the music that we did tonight. Yeah. Um, and then there's people that will come up and give you their testimony, or somebody just came up, at, like not totally common these days for somebody. Like, can you pray for me, or can I pray for you? Uh, so there's always something How response cool. to that, and that's what it's all. We always say like, that was the one. There was our one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there was our one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I haven't had any to my face. I haven't had an ounce of like backlash or somebody coming up like you know they probably I mean I'm sure somebody talking crap out amongst themselves maybe the out in the parking like, lot yeah, walking out. Why is this out? guy singing this guy? And there's been venues that haven't haven't booked us. Uh, actually, the venue that we recorded this worship video at uh, a few months ago they they've ghosted on us since. No kidding. Yep. But we always say it is what it is. That venue had the cool like digital backdrop behind it so if you watch it it's a church it's a the album cover on that digital screen and it's inside an old church it's the only venue we could have been in to record that to have a church as our, our digital background for the deal wow. wow so like regardless of whether they ever let us play there again like you got the, god you got used it. them for yeah. that yeah the coolest video yeah. shoot we could have had and it is what it is 
Super cool. That's awesome. I got a kind of a funny question for you. Um, most embarrassing moment on stage? Man, I haven't had anything too crazy. I have felt, I've had moments where I felt vulnerable. So it's nothing, nothing like, oh, nothing, nothing crazy like that. But sure. there have been times where, like, we played Larry Joe Taylor Fest, which is, was a big festival for us. And, like, my ear monitors didn't work. So the whole time, I'm like, have no, no monitors in a big thing like that. Like, you can't really hear yourself. So you're just kind of like going for it, yes. So that's probably the most vulnerable I've ever been. A um, lot of weird things with people coming on stage and people are just whacked out of their minds. Right. And so you're kind of like, you got to be nice. You don't want to come do. across as being. But yeah. you want to push them off the stage. <laughs> well, see, I don't care. I just like, I'll give them their 15 seconds, right? Okay. I'll be like, hey, cool. Get your 15 seconds. After that, though, we got to continue with yeah. this. Like, you can't disrupt the the show for everybody there. For sure. So that's the challenge is like, after the after you've given them their moment, you know, they get their picture, they do whatever they came to achieve. And then, like, when they just linger, you got to, like, trying to find the appropriate way to, like, hey, I need some help over here, you know, yeah. smiling. You, know? you got a mic there. You know yeah. you could embarrass them. <laughs> yeah, you know? for sure, but I, I yeah. try not to. But nothing, man, I haven't fallen off the stage or anything, knock on wood. Haven't had, nobody's had any, like, any restroom emergencies. Yeah, nothing, that's what nothing, I was thinking. I was nothing. like, and had to run off. That oh, I, I, actually, I have, but I just, I straight up am so honest on stage. If I have to pee, I'll go and be like, "Sorry, I had to go pee." Like, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> like, what do you say to that? You yeah. can't even get embarrassed if you're honest with people. Right? Yeah, uh, that's true. Or if I if I just screw something up royally, I'll just own it. I'll just, or if I, if we mess up a song, I'll just be like, "All right, stop." We're like, "All right, sorry, y'all." I'll just tell totally jack that up. And right. I always pick up the slap for my guy. If something crazy happens on stage, like I just take blame. Like, ah, oh, it was right. me, whatever. So I don't know. At early on, I was so scared to mess up. Right, just like, oh, if I messed up, my like, head case. And nowadays, it's just I realize that it, it's going to be something. It's always going to be something, whether it's as simple as the mic going out or whether it's just a train wreck on a song or anything and everything in between. And, like, it don't matter. By the end, by the time driving people home, like, at at worst, it's going to be a laughable moment. But, like, people don't care exactly. if you mess up. Right. And once I figured that out, and once I figured out it wasn't about me, this is one thing Trent taught me. He's like, once you figure out that the concert's not about you, it's about everybody else, then you take a lot of pressure off yourself and you become a better entertainer because at first you think, Oh, I have to do this performance. Right. And it's like, it's on me. And like, it's not because if that was the case, then you'd sit up there and you'd play a show that you would just love. And it could be the most boring show in the world. Right. Um, so that, that kind of shifted the focus too. the hardest part of the whole thing though. This is totally not answering your question <laughs> <laughs> was I was, a, I was a baseball guy. I was a pitcher. So what are you taught as a pitcher about the crowd? Clear the mechanism for yeah, sure. Ignore them Block suckers. Everybody out. It's just right here in the zone between your glove and your cap and the catcher. That's it. Well, that's a horrible approach for entertaining an audience. So that's where I was when I started. So so that kind of I'm not making excuses, but I will say that's is this is what led to the dependency on alcohol was I just well, I, I could just sing a song, thank you. Sing a song, thank you. Sing a song, thank you. But I was just not 
an a entertainer or not right. an extrovert at all. So I that's when I became dependent on alcohol. It was like, I thought I need that to entertain. Right. I need that to put on a show. I need that to get up here and do so it. So many people that feel that way now. I mean, just even in social environments and everything. For sure. You know, for um, sure. I, I think that's great advice for us, uh, what you're talking about there, because – you know, a lot of times we get in here and we worry about how we sound or what we said or the topic or whatever the case may be. And it's, it, you know, the podcast that we thought was the worst, you know, we're getting the most feedback and the best stuff about. And 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 so it's 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 really cool because I feel like we're really starting to shift a lot more toward we're not doing the listeners this and not for, how I for sound. the way we yeah. sound. You know, we're, yeah. we're doing this you know, to, to have a platform to glorify the Lord in a big way, um, you know, and so that's just our prayer, you know, that we can get to that. But, you know, I, I, when, whenever you were talking about all the the people that are, you were talking about just the industry as a whole and kind of how the whole dynamic changed whenever you kind of got on, on the Jesus path. I think about, you know, some people that I kind of consider some superstars that have released some Christian records, you know, like Lady A, the the girl, um, what is her name on Lady Annabellum? Um, I don't know. Hillary? Hillary, yep. Yeah, she, she's got a Christian album. Brad Paisley has a Christian album. Uh, you know, Cody Johnson, um, you know, professes Jesus on stage a lot. I don't know if he still does that, but I've seen stuff yep, where he does. He does. Um, so it's, it's cool, I guess, um, you know, those guys are, they, they can, they, they've been able to kind of do it at some high levels. So that's exciting opportunities, you know, that, that, uh, you know, they're, I guess not getting run off, but at the same sure. time, they're probably getting some pushback, you know, I would think, um, uh, it's cool to see, it's cool to see people do that. And, um, uh, it's just exciting to, to, uh, get to meet somebody who, who does it in such a big way. Yeah, I, I agree. I think uh, just to kind of bring it home for our listeners, what I hear you saying, Curtis, is that there's there was a lot of freedom for you in giving up control and being real with sure. with what you knew you were supposed to be doing on that stage. Uh, I want to transition a little bit and ask kind of a question. Uh, we're going to talk about relationships. Uh, relationships as far as um, – so my question would be, as far as your relationships, you're, you're on the road a lot, right? And, and you have to maintain these relationships with guys that are you're in a van with all the time, traveling across Texas and across the country, wherever you go. And also you have a relationship at home that you have to maintain, all while, you know, number one relationship with, with our Lord and uh, Savior Jesus Christ. How, and you have two kids, correct? Right. Okay, two young kids. And so all those things come into play, and you're gone a lot. Talk about, a little bit about maybe your relationship with your wife, relationship with the bandmates. How do you... Uh, maintain those and and uh, keep those positive find a balance there yeah it's funny you say that word because that word has been bouncing through my through my hopper a lot lately specifically which, relationship which relationship okay between jesus and in our relationship with him and other people's relationship with him and our relationship with other people because sometimes we get caught up in the gospel being this oh we don't want you to we want you to turn from your sin and accept Christ as your Savior. And what we what we kind of fly past is the the relationship is more important than than the the book knowledge, the book aspect of it, right? So it's kind of like, well, are you are you full of the Bible? Or are you full of Jesus? You know, because mm-hmm. that that kind of determines how we present 
Great gospel point. to other people is like, hey, we we talk. We I'm blessed to be with this group of guys because like our van rides consists of a lot of sleep and prayer and Bible study. Not in that order, but that's kind of the three common things that go on. And we always talk about stuff, and, and we've been on the Jacob thing and just wrestling, wrestling with God. And we're like, ultimately, we just want everyone to wrestle with God because because if they do that, if we can get someone there, it's like have you just come here, come here, just meet him where you are, just wrestle with him. And stay with them until, you know, he talks to you, speaks mm-hmm. to you, and you build a relationship with him, and you all go forward and sort stuff out as you go. And so we're like, that needs to be our goal is to get people to to that relationship aspect because we're not going to change anyone. Like, it's the spirit that changes hearts. We That's can right. be a good example. We can be try to be a light to them, but our goal is to get them to the relationship aspect. And if we have a horrible relationship with them, it's probably not going to – do a very good job of, of of telling them they need to have a relationship with God because we have such a good relationship with them, but we're just hitting beating them over the head with the Bible. So that's kind of where I've been lately is a relationship where going back to the surface level, that's kind of has made me have a better relationship with, with everybody, whether it be my, with my wife, with the guys, and with my dad, and just people along the way. It's like realizing, hey, you need to focus on the relationship because it don't matter how – good your rapport is which how good your conversation is your interaction is with people like if we're not working on that that relationship aspect sometimes we lose the 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 ability to effectively communicate in ways that you care about them and it turns into more like tick for tat type, type of thing right uh so that being said i met my wife the day after i said a prayer with the pastor that was kind of mentoring me at the time this is right after i kind of made those changes and said you know what i really want to I feel like it's time for me to settle down with a godly woman and just kind of this is this is where the season I'm at now. So I met my wife on the road and uh so that kind of helped with everything. So so ever since I've known her, I've been back and forth from the dating process to just getting married to now as married with kids. Um so that's definitely helped, but I have to make sure that when I'm home that I give them attention. I have to work on building the relationship, mm-hmm. not just being a good dad or being a good husband, right? Like I can mow the yard and do dishes and wh- whatever, check off good good husband or good dad duties. But that's what's been on my heart lately is building the relationship aspect and paying attention to those things because that's kind of what it's really all about. Because uh, we, we can be a, great, a good dad and a good husband and have a bad relationship. Still. Yeah. That's um, that's so true. I th- so, when I think about that relationship, I think about time, for you know, sure. You know, I mean, attention. Yeah, exactly. Everything. You know, the the time um, that you're spending with them, the time that we spend with the Lord, the time that whatever it's important in our life, whoever we're trying to build the relationship with, we have to uh, accept the fact that our time is probably going to be the most valuable thing that we can mm-hmm. provide in that relationship. So, I'm taking a ministry class right now at ETBU in. And I've, I've done this is my like third or fourth course for for this uh, masters MACM masters program, and I had to drop it because I was getting I was getting behind. I had some like eight page paper due and some other bio thing, and it was tough because that was the challenge. Was when I got home, I had to jump on the laptop and do this stuff, and I'm already like I already had enough on my plate. Then you add that and just overwhelmed. But I had to swallow that pill of you know what? Why are you doing this? And what's more important, because it was cutting into my time with my wife and my kids. Mm. 
So I had to drop it. And when I did, it wasn't fun because I kind of have a, I have a complex now about college because I totally screwed it up the first <laughs> round. And so now, you know, I got it together and then I've got finished my bachelor's and I'm going on. So I like have this desire to just do it almost for the sake of proving a point. Right. But when I realized it was cutting into the relationship with my wife and my kids, like it, it was becoming a problem. So it was tough, but I just dropped it. And when I did, man, you talk about everything else kind of freed up. Once I took that that burden off off the table, uh, so sometimes it's tough. Sometimes it's like we have something we want to do, and it can be a good thing. I mean, yeah. right, if you're going to get your master's in ministry, like, exactly, it can be. It's it's not a bad thing to do, mm-hmm. um, but if it's affecting our relationship, it's not worth it. That's right. Yeah, that's it. the the root. Uh, something Lord just revealed to me is that uh, the root of relationship is to relate. And to have a relationship, we have to relate to others. And to relate to others, we have to put their needs and, and how they feel above what we feel. And that's, you know, can go for our wives. It's easy to say this on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, A little harder to do. Yeah, the needs say, of our, our family, our wives, and like how how God wants to, us to live our lives to, to relate to him. We have to put him first and put him above everything else, which is hard to do. I listened to a podcast uh, that you guys did, and kind of the main focus was really digging in the walk with the Lord aspect of it. You know, kind of like, and I think I was telling you about that. Every year for the past three, four years maybe, I would fast. I'd do three-day fast, and the next year I did a six-day fast. Just distilled water, and that's it. And every time I felt like, oh, you know, spiritual connection went to 10, mental clarity went up. And this year I was going to do a a seven-day fast. My guitar player's always talking about doing a Daniel fast. I'll try that this time. And that's 21 days. So I was like, well, the first seven is going to be pretty strict, Daniel, fast. Wow. And then I did 14 and just veggies and stuff. Man, it took everything to, like, <laughs> next level stuff. And I I really felt like it was it was kind of put on my heart and revealed to me that I hadn't been walking with the Lord. I'd been, I'd been a Christian, you know, pretty, like, obviously backslidden to, to coming back to, to trying to do live the Christian life and, and really digging into the word and prayer and trying to do better and everything. But until this moment, I realized I'm not actively striving to walk with the Lord in everything I do. And what the first step was, was prayer. So the difference between waking up, praying, oh, I read my Bible and then, you know, pray at breakfast table, then pray at lunch, pray at dinner, and then pray before you go to bed to being in the mode of like, Praying, you be like, all right, God, I got to go get the baby real quick. We'll catch up, and I'll get back to you in a second. Then going to get the baby, and something happens, you're like, well, what about this? You know, praying about that. Then it's almost more like we're like put, putting God on hold for a second to go do something, not hanging up the phone. Right. And so kind of staying in that constant prayer. I never understood constant prayer. I'm like, yeah, I pray all right. But no, like constant prayer about like everything. Or even, or an example, if we're in here and having a conversation, and something pops in my head, like, all right, God, how do, how do I handle It's like just – Put it, putting everything to it. And that kind of ties back into the relationship thing. So ha- building the relationship with Jesus, building a relationship to where I'm not just trying to live a Christian life. I'm trying to actively walk with him and letting him take full control 24-7, not just at the scheduled appointments, yep. you know. Yep. And that's taking my relationship with him to, I feel like, another level. And then in when you grow closer to him, obviously it should in turn reflect outwardly to other people. Yeah. Um, so that's been that's been 
kind of a cool byproduct of going in this fast. And also, too, when I got like, when I felt like so close to God, so close through this process, like coming off this fast, it made me have the mindset of, you know what? Like, I don't want to lose this. Like, mm-hmm. I don't lose this. This is awesome. This is what I've heard preachers talk about, but I've never got it. I thought I had it, but I never really, like, had, was that that feeling of yeah. con- connectedness. And so that made me really analyze, like, I don't want to turn back. So all the little, like, we'll call the little tag-along baggage sin that comes. And you're like, I ah, get better about this. As the year progresses, you kind of slack in that area. Or, you know, every once in a while you'll start doing your bad, old bad habits or whatever it is. And you hope that you keep narrowing the miss, narrowing the miss, narrowing, getting better, mm-hmm. getting better, getting better. And, and some things are hard stops and some things are like, ah, dang it, I need to stop doing that. And a lot of, a lot of those things are the internal, the pride, jealousy, those reactions Absolutely. to thoughts and how we react to people. Like those things are the fine tuning ones. I say, like, you're the big stuff, and you still got work to do, and then then, yeah. then you have work that you didn't even know you had to do, and you keep finding stuff. And then you realize that the work never stops. For sure, yeah. 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 Then you realize it never stops. It's and always like, moving forward. Man, like I'm focusing on these little minute things. That's a great problem to have, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That's super awesome, man. Just to hear that. Um, you got a really cool testimony, um, no no doubt about it. We're getting, um, you know, and out of respect for your time, we're getting close to that hour. But I, I, I had, you know, on the way here, I was just praying for God to put a uh, a good solid question in my head that I could ask you, and this is the one that I, I came up with on the way here this morning. If you were to fast forward 50 years closer to the end of your life, uh, what kind of legacy do you want people to remember when they hear Curtis Grimes? I want it to be about the platform that I use to to share the gospel and pulling people to Jesus, right? I, I don't want it to be focused around the music. I want it to be focused around his ministry and the, the fact that I was able to use his music because I want it to kind of snow to, to be contagious. Like I want up and coming artists to 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 use their platform like we're trying to do now from the beginning, not go through the first half of their career. You want them to learn from your mistakes. For sure. For sure. For sure. So that would be the most important thing is if, if it, if people said, man, I want to do that, not, not have those accolades, not, not whatever. It's not about me, but do what we're doing to point people to Jesus. Just use in, it don't even have to be music. It can be, if, if you're a, a salesman, it can be whatever, whatever, just use your platform and whatever opportunity you have in your influence to, to reach people to to advance the kingdom, to, to point right. people in, in, and also to maybe maybe try to take notes on how we are able to do it effectively. Because I feel like it all boils down to effective communication, however it is. Because you can have great intent. You can be wanting to lead people to Jesus and point people to Jesus, but we are pretty good at screwing that up. Um, and so like I'm taking notes from people that do it better than me and hope it, hopefully it kind of, trickles down so uh so cool to hear that man uh (laughs) because i mean that's what this whole podcast is about you know i mean it we're we're trying to figure out how we can uh use our brokenness and and use our vulnerabilities and our mistakes and everything that we've 
screwed up on every sure. area of our life where God's just had to hit us upside the head with a two by four, as Brandon would say. There's no, you know. oh, Brandon's not here, by the way. I know. <laughs> I say I that, know. But there's no end to uh, content because we have enough mistakes we can talk I know. about. For <laughs> Collectively, we just have enough to where we can, uh, we feel like uh, we have no way come close to figuring it out, but maybe some way, somewhere, somebody can learn from the mistakes that we've made and we can help. Uh, keep them from uh, from going down that same road, somehow pour into them in a positive way, just like you're talking about doing, you know. So uh, super awesome. I yeah. think that's why when we're up there talking about it, it's like people, it comes across as genuine because we don't try to act like we're holy rollers. We don't try to act like we don't struggle with these things. We don't act, try to act like we haven't been there before. And I want people to see my whole story just so they understand like it's not perfect. It's not pretty in a lot of the areas. Like right now, I'm like trying to use it for some good. I'll still slip up. I know I'm going to. But just the fact that this whole span of my career was not used how I should and wasn't living like I could. Like like it's not, even if you've screwed up in the past, like start today, you know. Start right. now going forward and you're going to mess up. You're going to stumble. And uh, and thankfully, he's he's. God loves of grace. us and forgives us and he God gives of grace. grace for yeah. sure. So that's that's one thing I want everybody to just remember the stuff. Like I'm not here trying to trying to be holy roller or condemn anyone. Like I, I was there. Like there, there's a better way. There's that, that that's there's a better way. And, and I hope that I hope Amen. that you see it and get to experience that. Amen. Is there a song coming soon about a relationship? I don't know, man. Maybe so. Maybe that's why he's <laughs> banging out. Shane wants some credit. That's all. <laughs> no, no, no. He's, he's like, Listen, I'll help you write it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want my words up, probably. <laughs> it probably have something to do with poop or something. <laughs> I got a song that says TT, so it's fair game. <laughs> well, that's great. All right. Before we close it out, Curtis, uh, is there any last words that uh, you'd like to tell the listeners? And I always use any opportunity we get to point people to to the ministry that we've been blessed with. Um, during that moment and going forward, I wanted to use this to point people to Jesus. So I started posting a Monday motivational Monday videos where it's just a gospel song or worship song that that I liked, and people would comment, "Hey, are you going to do a gospel album?" I was like, "I would love to, but I can't afford it." And so, so I started a GoFundMe account, and I was like, hey, if y'all help me pay for it, like, I'll do it, give it out, to, like, be free, just kind of use that as a foot in the door, people that like music, hey, here you go. Um, and so we did it, and we had more than enough money raised for that, right? And the interesting thing was it wasn't people with pockets. It was, like, people that didn't have the 10, 20 bucks to do, okay. like, just going that's, above and beyond. That's really cool. Like, I know people that could have str- paid for the whole thing and then some, and they didn't give a penny. Yeah. And you got the, you got this struggling person over here probably financially and they're like giving their ten dollars um so that was the interesting thing for the fundraising aspect uh but anyways there's more enough money left over god put on my heart to give people bibles like real bibles not like pull it up on your phone or your tablets because there's to me there's something different about having something you can hold Mm -hmm. physical you can highlight and underline and just have by pull out and read and really dig into it um, so we started up the 10 finger ministries. My, my, my granddaddy passed right around that time and he had nine fingers. This one, his first finger got pulled off by a horse, a uh, rope got wrapped around it when he, when he was pretty young. So 
Every time I knew him, he had nine fingers. And at his funeral, we were talking about, now nah, he's got ten fingers to worship the Lord. So huh. that's where the ten-finger ministry cool. oh, neat. thought came from. So from that point on, we just, every penny from the gospel album went into the ministry. Uh, anytime I play a church or faith-based event, it goes into the ministry. And I've been paying my expenses out of, like, my band account or or packages or shipping costs or anything else just because I really want to devote all that money to, to buying Bibles. And we always have a stack of them at the merch table. Um, I'll Every once in a while, I'll post on social media, hey, if you need a Bible. So we ship out quite a bit. And then we'll buy them in bulk, get boxes of them to send to different mission groups. And we've done English, Spanish, adult Bibles, kid Bibles, kind of. And I, I had one guy at a nursing home reached out. and He's like, hey, can I get some large print ones? So that was kind of a custom order. So anything, anybody needs a Bible, like hit me up. We'll be happy to send you one or a hundred, however many you need. And um, and that's kind of what the ministry is all about. And then we kind of parlay, like I said, our touring aspect of the ministry is just shining the light in the dark in the darkness and yeah, hoping to plant seeds, water seeds, and grow seeds. Amen. Okay. It, so if somebody wants to either donate or uh, receive a Bible, how would they ten, go about doing that? Tenfingerministry.com, just plural. Uh, ten finger no s ministry.com 10 uh, t-e-n finger T-E-N, ministry yep. okay t-e-n finger ministry.com okay. okay all right sounds good cool. yeah if you guys uh want to uh if you need or, or or want a bible um yeah get in touch uh with that at 10 finger ministry.com now if they wanted to donate can they also donate from that yes website? Sir, there's, a, there's a there's a spot on there where you can okay donate. yeah if you have some extra money and you want it to go towards people receiving the gospel that'd be a great thing to do go on there today and and give some money to that ministry thanks so much for joining us today we really appreciate you being here curtis thanks for being here thanks man for it's having been, a, it's me. been also, a blessing last thing if you have a church or a faith-based event going on and you want to just holler at me because those are we're trying to play as many of those as we can too just to kind of book in our 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 Wednesday or Thursday, Friday, Saturday gig. So any youth event, youth rally, uh, fifth quarter, uh, fields of faith, something like that during the week. And, and, uh, we've do, been doing quite a few cowboy churches. So all those things kind of get to parlay and, and, and you know how it is. You piggyback off other people's ministry. Now Absolutely. It's, it increases yeah. exponentially. Absolutely. Of, yeah. So I'll make a plea with you guys out there or gals out there listening today. Like what Curtis just said, I'm, Let's promote him a little bit. And uh, this is a guy sitting here today uh, looking in his eyes when he's talking about Jesus. He's real. And uh, if uh, if you have an event and you want people to know about Jesus, Curtis is going to make sure that they know about him. Now, what they do with it, uh, that's that's up to them and God. But uh, he's he's going to help plant that seed and do, do what the Lord has told him and convicted him to do in his life. Uh, again, we appreciate you guys being here so much. Um, if you would, leave us uh, a rating or review on whatever platform you're listening on. It uh, be super helpful also if you would subscribe. Um, that's how to, it just promotes the channel and, and gets it out there so more people can learn about Jesus. Go out and kick the day in the face, and we'll catch you on the next one.